Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Patience Adamu. And I'm Curtis Vermont. And this is The Drip. A podcast for diverse millennials to help make sense of COVID-19 and the decisions made by our political leaders. Stay tuned as we parse through the weekly events and announcements that impact us. Shall we? Let's do it. So we're going to hop right into what the health news was saying last week. So Curtis, tell us about what was happening last week. It looks like we're finally flattening the curve, patients. Thank goodness. Yeah, it looks like we are starting to flatten the curve. So let's not get too excited just yet. Honestly, okay. Um, but the fear of surge of COVID-19 patients essentially overwhelming hospitals has so far failed to materialize. And that's a great thing. At the same time, though, not all regions are equal. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about, for example, Ontario, Quebec, BC. Generally speaking, across the country, yes, cases are slowing down, but there are going to be those pockets where the cases are continuing to rise, and those jurisdictions will have to do what is best for them. Mm-hmm. What you just explained is bringing to light the fact that within our healthcare system, there are discrepancies, right? So things exist in hospitals that don't exist in long-term care homes and seniors' homes. And why is that? Why is it that we are able to have a system that is able to quickly disseminate that there's an issue in a hospital, but the same is not available in a senior's home? So that's great work, Curtis. Really great work. Thank you. Continuing along on this vein of health, great news coming out of Health Canada from last week, patients. Um, They approved a new rapid test for COVID-19 that can produce results in, well, one, two, what do you, what do you think? How long do you think the test will take to populate? Rapid for me is a swift 24 hours. Yeah, swift 24 hours, she said. Well, good news. It's even better than that. It's one hour. Wow. Full turnaround in one hour. And that's great because it's expected to alleviate the pressure on, you know, our public health labs and help circumvent the testing kit shortages that are in play, not only across the country, but all over the world. So shout out to Spartan Bioscience. Um, The kits will be arriving in Ontario, Alberta, and Quebec today. It's happening today. And other contracts are pending to support not only other jurisdictions in Canada, corporations as well, and other international jurisdictions. So Spartan Bioscience is doing the Lord's work. And did you say that Spartan Bioscience is a Canadian company? We are a Ottawa-based company. 
Excellent. Shout out to my Canadian scientists, people out there making things happen for the world. Thank you. And you know what? You know, it's, it's, you, might, you just mentioned that this is happening for the world, and it absolutely is. But there's also, there's usually a divide between rural and urban in developed countries. And obviously, that's no different here. It's great to see a, an urban company or an urban based company doing something to help rural and indigenous communities because this, this is basically a handheld test that we're talking about here, right? And the difference between this and the other tests is that they take, they need the other tests require large uh, machines that are only in provincial labs. Interesting. So it's very hard to actually get the information to where it needs to go efficiently and quickly. This will allow for the information to be better shared in rural and indigenous communities. So again, shout outs to Spartan Bioscience for their work uh, because it's greatly needed. So Toronto, on the flip side, is, is not having a good time, particularly with contact tracing. And just so everybody knows, contact tracing means alerting those who are associated with people who test positive for COVID-19, right, to alert them so they can take the proper measures, precautionary measures as well. So Toronto is doing a very bad job of contact tracing at the moment because there have not been enough people to do it. I mean, if you think about it, that's literally folks who are doing the investigative work <laughs> to figure out how COVID-19 might transmit to other people in other areas. So the good news in response to that is we've identified the problem. And according to Joe Cressy, who is the chair of Toronto Board of Health, um, they are looking at bringing on new individuals, more skilled individuals who can process the work more effectively and more efficiently so that we should start seeing more contact tracing in the next few days, which should lead to more data about COVID-19, allow us to make better decisions. Yeah, I think this is a really important part of planking the curve or flattening the curve. A lot of apartment buildings have, you know, posted uh, at their elevator banks when someone in the building has COVID-19 so that people who live in that building can be more vigilant. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely correct. Contact tracing is pretty core to um, how we're going to beat this, at least um, beat this in, in its first wave. Yes, and you'll remember at the beginning, we were chatting about the fact that Canada overall is starting to flatten the curve. So that is good, that is good. But I also did mention that they, there might be some jurisdictions that are not moving as quickly as the Canadian average. Hopefully that is not going to be Toronto, but this could be an, uh, this could be an example of that. Yeah, yeah. So now I want to move from talking about health to talking about politics. So politically, tell me about what's been, what's the top, top news this week? I think the top, top news is CERB was loosened to allow for more people to apply for it. Who wouldn't want that? And we need it. Mm. Our GDP shrank by a whole 9% in the month of March, meaning jobs have disappeared. The last time we saw the economy shrink that fast was in the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. So now, CERB includes people who are earning up to $1,000 per month. Before, as you might remember, it was only a 
applicable to those who lost all their income. So now you can still make, you can still have some income coming in, which is great. It's great for seasonal workers who are facing no jobs. It also will be helpful for those who run out of EI. Anybody who's run out of EI since January 1, 2020, you are now eligible for CERB. And finally, uh, the government's pointing out that they're also going to be topping up the pay of essential workers. It is so important to continue to pay our essential workers. And I can only imagine how exhausting it is. So that's excellent news. I'm very happy to hear that too. Shout outs to our essential workers. Um, You know, you have not been respected enough to date. And uh, it took a pandemic for that to change. I hope that once the pandemic passes, the newfound respect, the newfound appreciation that you're receiving remains. I don't know if I told you, Curtis, but I like to travel. I like to cross borders. I like to fly from airport to airport. Yeah, you're a fly gal? I'm a fly gal. So like, you know, I've been feeling a way about the border being closed. It's been a ting. It's been a ting. The bad news is you're not going to be flying for a little while longer, unfortunately. The good news is that it means that our government has your best interest as far as health goes at heart. I mean, look, uh, we had Justin Trudeau come out earlier this week confirming that despite what Donald Trump was saying about the United States and Canadian border opening up very soon, um, that was not going to be the case. And in fact, there was going to be an extension of the current border closure for another 30 days. Uh, I'm happy that that's the case. I don't know about you, patients, but seeing how there are still jurisdictions in the United States, particularly in the South, that are not taking COVID-19 seriously, where there are a, a huge number of infections on the rise, and we're talking about reopening borders. I mean, I saw an analogy the other day. I don't know if you saw this yourself, but I saw an analogy saying this is this is the same as saying, oh, we jumped out of the plane, activated our parachute to slow our descent. Now that our descent is slowed, even though we haven't hit the ground yet, let's just get rid of the parachute. Fam, if you know, when I heard Donald Trump saying he wants to reopen the border, I was like, I'm sorry, you just opened a beach and let thousands of people frolic together on the beach in Florida. Are you done? Must, must. Must. Like, and there's still, I'm like, you know, I love the Lord, but there's, there's still people going to church. Like, and like mega churches with thousands of, co- of members of their congregation. People and you are... think you're going to plank what? You're not going to plank a curve. You're going to plank something, but like, no way. Keep that shut. Yes, keep it shut. And you know what? It, put, it really does put into perspective what our respective governments on both sides of the board, federal governments anyway, what our respective federal governments on both sides of the border view as important in the United States Capitalism is more important. Absolutely. I was reading somewhere that um, they feel it is their human right to go to work. Look, if if you feel that way, uh, that is good for you. But I don't think that you should be pushing that onto others. I really love how you tried to be so nice. I sure did. Feel that way. No, but I mean, it's as much as, as, as much as, uh, you know, this conversation that we're having right now is, is expressing sincere gratitude for our leader for keeping the border closed. I think it's also a really good time to, to talk about how despite 
us learning more and more about COVID-19 every single day uh, and us making decisions to stay home in America in light of beaches being open and churches being open, not everyone has the option to stay home. And those who are disproportionately people who are work in sanitation or work in hospitals or work as even home care workers are at risk. And I, it, would, it would be remiss for us as two young Black people to not talk about how in the United States, the death rates for Black Americans is much higher than it is for other groups. Yes, it is. It is distressing. It is distressing to see that even in times of a pandemic, people's basic needs are not being taken into account. Data that we should be using to take proper care of our fellow human beings is not being taken into account. Um, and look, I, I, I completely appreciate the fact that there, there will be people who say, well, look, COVID-19 affects everybody, therefore we don't need to be considering race-based data. But the, the reason why we should is because not everybody has the same quality of life and not everybody has the same socioeconomic experience. Black people in particular, if we're talking about the United States, have the lowest socioeconomic experience. Here in Canada, Indigenous people have the lowest socioeconomic experience. And so they are going to have more, on average, health problems and more serious health problems than everybody else. So yeah, we, we, we should be addressing those, and we're not. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Speaking of people who are vulnerable to COVID-19 during this time, haven't we been hearing about domestic violence? Oh boy, yeah. And um, that's another area that is, I mean, the word is distressing. Um, and it's, it's wild because pre-COVID-19, many crisis calls would detail aggressive threats of violence, but now it's not violence. It's not threats of violence. It's action. And a lot of uh, women in particular, children also, are, are facing this violence. New data released just last week from StatsCan, uh, it pointed out that one in 10 women are very or extremely concerned about the possibility of violence in their homes. And I, patients, I don't know what to say to that. This is some terrifying stuff. Like, I can't imagine 
you know, in this time where everyone is saying stay home to stay safe, I can't imagine being very or extremely concerned about my safety while in my home. I can't, you know, the, the closest I've come to this is to be honest with you, you know, I grew up in a, in a, I'll call it a semi-abusive home. And um, I, I knew what it was like. I know what it's like to uh, not feel safe in your home. My heart breaks. My heart breaks for this because there's nowhere to go. And why is the abuse happening? And there's, there's three overall reasons, apparently. One is just well, people are living together for longer periods of time. They don't get a break from each other. The second reason being that COVID-19 related job losses are stressing people out, right? You lose your job. You, you have no income. You still got bills. We, we've been joking about rent and, and mortgages and on all types of other premiums, but it's, it's, it's really not a joke for, for a lot of people. It's life and death for a lot of people. And I think that in addition to the, the household stress that is linked to household finances, it's also that many of us, and I'll include myself in this, many of us are defined by who we are when we leave the house. We're yeah. defined by being, you know, an entrepreneur or an academic or just a carpenter so the loss of that is really difficult to, to manage. Yeah. I mean, you know what? You're bringing up a great point that I haven't considered just because I've experienced so much job loss in my history. But yeah, when, when, you, lose, when you lose a part of your identity, it, it has an immense negative effect on your mental health. Who are you? Yep. And of course, on top of that now, you know, abusers also feel emboldened because they know that not only do their victims have nowhere to go, but who's looking out for their victims. I genuinely am heartbroken about the situation. And, you know, the government has provided some funding, but unfortunately it's inadequate. And um, I hope that if any of our listeners are experiencing this, um, hang in there. And if you know somebody who is experiencing this, be patient with them. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. The COVID-19 pandemic has also made domestic violence worse everywhere. So Argentina has reported at least six femicides, which are murders of women because of their gender, since the pandemic started. And in Turkey, at least 21 women have been killed since early March. Men who are listening, if you're one of those who thinks that this isn't a problem, do better because women and children are dying and uh, we're doing a disservice if we, if, we, if we throw them by the wayside, especially if we could do something about it. We're seeing everyone adjust to the political, the new political climate. What's happening with the house? Well, Mr. Andrew Scheer uh, has been very adamant that the House of Commons should be physically sitting three times a week. Physically? physically like in Ottawa? Like in Ottawa. Bam. Because we, I mean, we're not physically distancing at all, so. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> what? So oh. the, the good news is that we don't actually have to spend a lot of time talking about Andrew Scheer because nobody agrees with him. But what's really important is leading by example. 
I mean, there's that too. And I, to be honest with you, I mean, even Elizabeth May, she literally said meeting in person is not needed. You can hold government to account digitally too. Yeah. Like, and we all have had to push ourselves to run our businesses from a distance because you told us to. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what Andrew, I actually, so I, I have an opinion on what Andrew Scheer is trying to do. He and the conservative party, they know that Justin Trudeau is more effective on people's screens. And when he does his daily news broadcasts, they're seen by the majority of Canadians. If, if it moves to the House, most Canadians probably aren't going to watch that. And therefore, the effectiveness of communication from the government and from Trudeau himself may not be as effective as it has been to date. That is very insightful. I did not consider that. Because that's right. I don't watch C-SPAN and like try to understand what's happening in the house or try to wait for when Trudeau stands up and says his piece. So that's a great point. Yeah. And you know, it's, I'm not sure if it's accurate, but I just listened to what Andrew Scheer was saying as to his reasons. And if you read between the lines, I think it's because they know that he's very effective in what he's been doing because what, what else, why else would you want to force the government to say something, say the same thing effectively, but somewhere else. And it, we don't have to do it there in this particular moment. It just doesn't make sense. So the good news as I mentioned is that our government is going to continue providing a good example of what it means to be physically distanced while accomplishing their jobs. Which is amazing. Thank you for the four other parties in the federal house for speaking common sense. Thank you. We are going to move into talking about the economy. Curtis, tell me what is happening with the Canadian economy. So first things first, uh, nothing is different from last week. However, we are starting to have conversations about what the reopening of the economy might look like and when that might be. What Justin Trudeau is saying is that that'll still be likely weeks away from now. We have every indication that that is accurate. So we can continue in that vein. Now, for where things are different, I think a lot of folks, a lot of drivers who listen to us, they've probably gotten pretty used to lower gas prices. The gas prices were heavenly. Heavenly. Taking us back to the 80s. Taking us back to, yeah, before, before mans were out here. <laughs> like, this goes way, 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 way back. Yeah, well, so unfortunately, that's gonna, that may change as of May. So for those of you who were looking at the price of gas and wondering why the cost had shrunk the way it did, it's because of a price war that was happening within an organization called OPEC, which is the Organization for Petroleum Exporting Countries. Now, OPEC has members such as Russia, Saudi Arabia, Canada, and the United States as well. And Saudi Arabia and Russia in particular decided that they did not agree with the agreed upon price, or basically there was no agreed upon price set during the latest meeting by OPEC. And so Russia and Saudi Arabia said, we're just going to produce as much oil as we want. And when that happens, the price of oil decreases. And so that was meant to get people to get the other producers to come back to the bargaining table. Well, that finally happened. And so the new agreement in place is going to see a reduction in how much oil is produced by OPEC which should result in a increase in cost. 
Unfortunately, it's something that's good for the economy, bad for individual pocketbooks. So if you've been saving a little money over the past little bit, just uh, get ready to have that money spent again. Stay in your house. Take the bus. And unfortunately, internet may be something that's more expensive once COVID-9 passes too, guys. I like internet isn't already ridiculously expensive across the country. Uh, it could get worse. The smaller tech companies or internet companies had taken the bigger ones to court. Yeah. And the bigger ones, so Rogers and Bell, have appealed that decision. So nothing has been able to move forward in terms of Rogers and Bell dropping their, what they charge tech savvy and the smaller companies that hasn't gone forward yet. So tech savvy and all those smaller companies are finding it hard to keep up with what they have to pay Rogers and what they're accepting from customers. And so with, with the loss of competition in the market, if it's just Bell and Rogers again, we're going to see internet go up to 500 bills. <laughs> like, you got your two stacks ready to pay your monthly phone bill? <laughs> Bam. Oh, man. It's, it's actually, I, I call it armed robbery because I, 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 I feel like I have a gun to my head because how can I not have a phone? I don't understand. Exactly. I mean, people consider, I don't know why there are still people who consider uh, having a phone a luxury. It's really not. It is, it is a necessity. At this absolutely. Point. It is absolutely a necessity, especially in a pandemic when you can't actually connect with people. Exactly. Uh, so who knows how that's going to pan out, but I, I certainly do hope that the appeals process being uh, executed by the, the major telecom providers is a failure. So look, I'm a capitalist and I, I believe in, in capitalism 100%, but I also don't believe in monopolies and monopolies lead to price gouging. It's as simple Absolutely. as that. This is not the right time to price gouge. Like, Sure, we've realized that the internet is an, a necessity for us all, but this is not the time to really raise the prices or to kick out the competition this is the time to to make this utility as widely available as possible you know what i mean agreed so in terms of questions for the audience this week i would really like for everyone to think about what the loss of confidence in the world health organization in the who will do to our global fight against COVID-19 and not just COVID-19, but the fight against cancer, the fight against HIV AIDS, the fight against countless diseases that are plaguing the world. Yeah, I sincerely hope that Trump and others who are uh, trying to put the who on blast right now, I hope they come to their senses. And I hope that as a result, we continue the work, the, the necessary work to find a vaccine and to make the world a healthier place. My question is, if you were PM, if you were the prime minister right now, what would you be doing to support Canadians? Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We're releasing pods on a weekly basis, so subscribe to stay up to date. Remember, we're all in this together, and this forum is meant to be a sort of safe space to foster community. So slide in our DMs with any questions or feedback you have, and we promise to respond. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at PatienceEve. And I'm on Instagram at State of Vermont. See you next time. You know, it's getting pretty wild out there. We've heard about shootings and other instances of violence all across the greater Toronto area. And we're urging people to please stay home. And if you can't, please continue to be vigilant and stay safe.
We'd also like to give a special shout out to Stephen Fisson, who graciously provided artwork for this podcast. If you like what you see, you can find him on Instagram at Scarborough Debutante. That's Scarborough, D-E-B-U-T-A-N-T-E, for all your graphic design needs. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.